rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council. Hello and welcome to Off the Rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council, sponsored by Volante Technologies. I'm your host, Reed Lutanen, Executive Director of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, and I'm excited to bring you this discussion with Al Bodin, who is Senior Vice President of Strategy at Bankers Bank. We'll talk about the promise of faster payments, how faster payments will affect community banks, the role of a banker's bank, and the order of events in a triathlon. But before we get to that, let's hit some headlines. The FPC member meeting will be September 14th and 15th. Registration is open at fasterpaymentscouncil.org, but only for another day or two. You don't want to miss it. It's going to have increased networking time, lots of in-depth discussion on faster payments, and a great evening event at Target Field sponsored by North American Banking Company. And a big thank you to our other member meeting sponsors, BNY Mellon, Finsley, MasterCard, Open Payment Network, PSCU, Shazam, The Clearinghouse, Trustly, and Wells Fargo. If you are interested in sponsoring the event, there is still time for that as well. Please reach out to us at info at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. As announced at NACHA's Smarter Faster Payments Conference, the FPC and NACHA will be teaming up to develop the very first Faster Payments Professional Accreditation. Partner participation in the development of this important industry program is open to all FPC members. So if you're interested, please reach us at info at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. And looking forward to October, the FPC and Alacrity will be co-hosting an event at the AFP Annual Conference in Philadelphia on October 25th. This will be a fun opportunity to network with industry peers and have some fun in a historic American city. We'll be sharing more details on the event and venue in the near future, but mark your calendars now. That is on October 25th. Okay, that's enough of the headlines. It's time for that discussion with Al Bodine from Bankers Bank. All right. We are joined by Al Bodine from the Bankers Bank. Al, thanks so much for being here with us. Happy to be here. Nice to be with you, Reed. All right. Let's just get right into it. Why don't you start off, because I make you do all the work here, start off by level setting for everybody listening. You know, what's the perspective you're bringing here and how does a Bankers Bank think about and see faster payments? Sure. I, I think it might be valuable to first explain what a banker's bank is. Some some might not know that. And so the, the function, as, as I like to uh, describe it, the function of a banker's bank is to bring wholesale uh, banking products and services to community banks, what we would refer to as our respondent banks. Uh, so we have 593 banks in the Midwest that we provide these products and services to. And uh, in some cases, it might be because the community bank uh, doesn't want to invest in the infrastructure to get access to rails, to set up a mortgage program, set up a lease program. In other cases, they find that it's just more cost effective to use a wholesaler. Um, so that's generally what a banker's bank does. And so as the person who's focused on strategy, my job on a daily basis is to find you know new products and services, better products and services that we can extend to those respondent banks. And then that they can then extend to their local community. 
but also I wear the hat of uh, looking at new markets. Uh, one that's um, front of mind right now is the fintech space. Um, so, uh, and um, and as we talk about faster payments, I mean, this is going to be a groundbreaking uh, 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 thing that's coming down the pike with the clearinghouse and FedNow. And, you know, it's very important that our community banks, I, I wouldn't say that they're on the bleeding edge, but they are very well positioned to be able to act when they need to act. Um, so that's our that's our position. That's what a banker's bank is, and that's how we're viewing faster payments at this point. Cool, cool. And so, so how does that all relate to the community bankers' role and how they might be thinking about implementing and using faster payments? Yeah, that's a great question. And I I like to take it from the perspective of a term I use way way too much uh, uh, on a daily basis, and that's authentic demand. So authentic demand is a uh, a term that I stole from a very good friend of mine who works for a venture capital firm in Atlanta, Atlanta Ventures. Uh, and, and so when we we talk about authentic demand, it, it comes in four forms usually. There's, there's authentic demand for revenue. There's authentic demand for resources, re-image, and relevance. Revenue is exactly what it sounds like. Um, uh, there's somebody out there that you've identified or the organization has identified that will pay for something. You know, we like this and we're willing to pay you for it. Resources are efficiency. We, we need to cut costs. Re-image, we need to redefine ourselves in the market, how, how we're perceived by the market. And then there's relevance. We have to do this in order to be taken seriously as an, as an entity. So I really believe that faster payments is in the relevance phase right now. In other words, if you're a bank, uh, uh, and you're not at least saying that we are considering faster payments or we're in the process of figuring out how to offer it, I would suggest that your, your relevance might be in jeopardy. Now, I believe it will get uh, very quickly, as in you know, Q2 of 2023 to a revenue play where uh, you know, there's, there's, there's truly authentic demand uh, and people are willing to pay for it. And there's gonna be quite, a, uh, quite an uptick um, or a, a, a steep trajectory in the number of payments we see. But right now I really see it as a relevance uh, uh, play. Community banks or large banks, whatever size bank are, you have to be, you have to be taking this space seriously and be putting uh, uh, things in place to be able to offer that to your customers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think ultimately all four of those though, in one way or another can and will be served by financial institutions who adopt and use faster payments for sure. But I think I see where you're coming from with the relevance being the key one right now. There's so many threats out there. That's kind of where I was going to go with this next question about, you know, somewhat a lot of what you've been talking about Obviously, community banks are generally legacy participants. They've been around for a little while, at least, or for quite a while in some cases. You know, they've been using ACH, they've been using Wire, and now it's about sort of graduating or evolving into faster instant payments. But there are also new market entrants, you know, whether they're de novo banks or fintechs. So how will they be thinking about faster payments and how is that different than how the legacy players might think about it? I, I think the de novos, the fintechs are, that is really where we're going to see the faster payments uh, bulk. And, and, you know, that's where the tra trajectory is going to happen. That being said, I, I will say, and we, you know, have been in discussions with some fintechs, with some de novos, 
you know, right off the bat, they are saying, well, we need to offer ACH, we need to offer wire, we even need to offer cash letters, believe it or not. So um, I don't believe that the legacy ACH wire volumes are going to get as impacted as a lot of people think. I think the, the de novos and the fintechs, they're going to be the ones that are saying, no, it, to the extent we can, we're, we're not going to do wire, we're not going to do ACH, and we're certainly not going to do cash letter. We're going to do faster payments. And I mean, you know, the use cases for this are just, they're endless. I mean, whether it's international, whether it's a uh, underserved communities, you know, cost of, of doing the transaction, irrevocability. Irre I mean, it's on and on and on. And so I, I, I really think that's where we're gonna see the big uptick is with the with the de novos and the fintechs. But I don't believe that that, that legacy wire ACH business is, is going to be as impacted as a lot of people do. Right, so again, that threat to the community banks is more on the relevant side than maybe on the, at least today on the um, the other side's aspects of that, the, re the revenue side. All right. So what are you seeing in terms of industry readiness? You know, how are how prepared are the community banks that you're talking to and what are some steps they should be taking if they're finding themselves getting a little bit behind the curve? I I think I think the how prepared are they is a difficult one to answer because nobody's entirely sure what what they should be doing right now, especially with regard to Fed now. Uh, the clearinghouse it, it's a little, you know, for if the, the pun is a little clearer. Um, but I don't think uh, everybody knows 100% what the path is that they should be taking. I, I, I think an, an important uh, uh, position to have right now is, is to be able to pivot properly, um, at least have the basics in place. You know, by way of example, let's talk, talk about, uh, uh, you know, with the clearinghouse, at least be in a position to receive, right? And then as things evolve a little more, get a little clearer, you get into the send side of things and, you know, you're able to uh, make decisions on that. But I think the most important thing for, especially for community banks or, or organizations that don't have tens of millions of dollars to throw into this, just, you have to be aligned with the appropriate partners technology in order to pivot when it's time to pivot. Now, that being said, there are organizations out there that have dumped a lot of money and, and made a big bet on this. I don't think that that ultimately will be a bad bet. I don't think those dollars are going to be covered quickly. I think, uh, you know, maybe we're looking at mid 23 to the end of 23 before we start to see the ROI on that stuff. But um, so, so I guess that's a long winded way of saying, I think you have your bleeding edge organizations that have really thrown a lot of their uh, eggs in that basket, and you have most other banks are sort of sitting back and saying, "Hmm, let's kind of let's see what pans out here before we really go all in." Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, why don't we play a game? You ready to play buy or sell? I I, I love playing games. Yeah. All right, let's let's do it. All right, so you know the deal. I'm going to give you some prop positions, and you're going to tell us whether you buy or sell and why. Faster payments are a game changer for the U.S. payment system. Buy or sell? Buy. Why? I, I just believe uh, the I, I, I just believe the way they can be positioned against the legacy payment me methods. It, it, there, there, there is just going to be a lot of business flowing 
in the direction of faster payments. It, um, um, and you know, you, it could be caught, talk about cost, you could talk about uh, the reduction in paper trail, uh, you can talk about the uh, alignment with uh, open finance and blockchain, all, you know, all the different things that this just flows into. I just think it's going to be a big game changer for payments. Yeah, obviously, I agree. All right. Uh, buy or sell. You mentioned in irrevocability earlier. Buy or sell that finality or irrevocability of instant payments is an asset for that payment type. Can I say buy and sell? <laughs> irrevocability is a, is a very important thing with regard to payments, but where I get a little bit of heartburn about it is the ease with which you can make theoretically, are going to be able to make a faster payment and then having that payment be uh, irrevocable. I, I think some of the, the some of the legislation is going to have to be shored up around that. This is not the same thing as doing a wire payment where I just went down you know, to the bank the other, whenever it was that we had to make a payment over to Italy for an event that we're going through. And there was you know, paper, this page of paperwork after page of paperwork, sign this, verify this before the button is hit. Faster payment, boom, it's gone. And if somebody happens to, you know, have uh, gotten access to your phone and it comes from your phone, my understanding is that, you know, there's not a way really for you to recoup that. Um, so uh, sorry to be in the middle of the road about that one. I like irre rec irrevocability, but I think there are some things that are going to need to be shored up due to the ease of uh, faster payments. Yeah, it's, it's one that we're definitely going to have to grapple with in some way or another. I was, I'm going to take these a little bit out of order from what I was intending because you mentioned this, this thing with Italy. So buy or sell that it should be easier to make payments to Italy and, and other foreign countries. God, I hope so. Uh, buy. Big buy. Yeah. I think that one, buy. that one probably needs no explanation. All right. We were explaining the triathlon. I know you're a triathlete to our eight-year-old the other day. And he said he would want the swimming part to be last because he could cool off in the water, which sounds nice, you know, after getting hot on the bike in the run portion. So buy or sell moving the swim to the end of the triathlon. I have to sell that one. Gotta um, sell it. Simply because of the, unfortunately, liability is a part of the game now. And for most people, their weakest event is the swim. And you don't want uh, people that are fatigued physically and also mentally, you'd be surprised at the mental uh, fatigue that happens in, in, in those races and then having them jump on the water and swim, you know, whatever distance uh, up to 2.4 miles in the water probably is not a great idea. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. You have to just do the swimming separate from that if you want to do it at the end. All right. Instant payments like FedNow and RTP will cannibalize volumes that are currently going to wire and ACH. I guess you were kind of already told us, but let us officially buy or sell out. Sell. I, I believe that uh, that legacy business is not going to be impacted as much as everybody believes it will. But but uh, new business, new uh, payments organizations will very much go uh, uh, it, the route of faster we will see a huge uptick in demand and usage of faster payments toward the end of next year. Why? Where's that going to come yeah. from? I, well, I, I think with the recent announcements of, uh, I, I believe the, the schedule was sped up a bit with FedNow. Um, I, I mean, it's going to force that landscape to be clearer for everyone. So, you know, whatever 
version of uh, faster payments you're you're doing, clearing house spend now, a combination of both. Uh, you know, maybe some people are have uh, are going to have plays where they're interoperable. I don't know, but I but I think almost due exclusively to the um, speeding up the Fed now release, um, you're you're going to see the floodgates open. I, re I really believe that. Yeah, I think that certainty will allow a lot of more people to to focus their development efforts around a timeline that they know more with more certainty now. Right. I agree. Yeah. All right. Offering instant payments will very quickly become a competitive advantage that will win business for financial institutions who have invested. Buy, but not very quickly. I think it will happen, but I, I don't I don't believe that competitive advantage will become apparent until probably the latter part of 23. That's that's almost scarier <laughs> if you're yeah. not investing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to say you won. You only hedged on a couple of those. So that's better than most people do. Most people are uh, trying to buy and sell every one of them. All right. Lightning round. You ready for some quick hits? I, I love quick hits. Yeah. All right. How big is the impact of moving to 24-7, 365 processing? Huge. Huge. Did you see a strong, or do you see a strong role for central bank digital currencies in the future of payments? I absolutely do, uh, uh, especially international payments, being able to utilize open finance blockchain uh, without um, you know, having to use the traditional modes of, 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 of sending, physically sending paper, uh, paper currency, yes. Great, tell me a faster payments use case you think will take off in the next year to 18 months. International. First concert, best concert. <laughs> First concert, Grateful Dead, 1984, Alpine Valley. Best concert, Grateful Dead, 1984, Alpine Valley. Don't you love it? It's uh, It was all downhill from there. <laughs> What's something you think about that you think more people should be thinking about? Irrevocability. Um, uh, the, again, the, uh, the legislation around uh, those payments and and I I just think that people really need to be putting strategies in place on how they are uh, going to be able to fully capitalize on faster payments again when it becomes time to do so. All right, biggest threat for community banks: staying relevant. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts are that you know faster payments uh, is a very important. Uh, instrument that we're going to see evolving over the course of the next couple of months. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how in that my, my focus is on community banks, the community banks are able to adopt uh, faster payments that are able to align with fintechs uh, that are able to partner with the appropriate organizations, whether they be, you know, fintechs or other banks. Uh, so, you know, seeing how how that that helps that uh, that end of the banking world or that that part of the ecosystem. Community banks have, you know, they're under pressure uh, and they've been losing market share. And I, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, faster payments along with some other. Uh, strategies that they can put in place, they can really start to claw back some of that mark, which I, which is very important. 
very important for uh, you know, local, those local, I mean, I live, I'm here at my farm in Indiana and we are surrounded by uh, community banks and they serve the farmers and it's very important. I, and I, you know, so I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, they are able to do, take part in some of those strategies and, and, and continue to remain very relevant and very important to the local, local communities. I completely agree. We've got lots of community banks in our membership at the FPC, great uh, participants in the ecosystem who fill a very important role. So 100% agree with you there. So I really appreciate you, Al, getting on the show and, and expressing that viewpoint for us and letting us hear uh, kind of where you're coming from and, and helping us understand that perspective. Absolutely. It was great speaking with you, Reed, and I look forward to seeing you in uh, Minneapolis. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Bye now. And that is it for this episode. Thank you again to Al for joining us and providing those insights. Great discussion. And thank you all for listening. Please, please, please don't forget to like the show, share it with your fellow colleagues. Talk to you all in a couple weeks.